Welcome to the Colonial Hills Podcast, a ministry of Colonial Hills Baptist Church. Today we are tackling what is probably one of the oddest phrases in the book of Philemon. And we've made it all the way down to verse 7, which reads, For we have great joy and consolation in thy love, because the bowels of the saints are refreshed by thee, brother. Now, I'm guessing I don't have to tell you which phrase we're going to be digging into today. That's right, we're going to be talking about the repeated use of the word bowels in the book of Philemon. In fact, three times in this short book, the word bowels shows up. The word is used uh, outside of Philemon, once in Luke, once in Acts, once in 1 John, and several times in Paul. Uh, Paul is actually the most frequent user of this term. He uses it once in Philippians, once in Colossians, twice in 2 Corinthians, and then again three times in Philemon. That means this word is relatively rare. It shows up 11 times in the New Testament, and yet three of those uh, occurrences are within the 25-verse book of Philemon. Now, the way that the New Testament uses this word probably sounds a little bit strange to modern ears, but it's very understandable if we put it in light of its first century context. And so we're going to take a little bit of time and dive into this word today. But as we do that, we're going to broaden it a little bit and talk about uh, what theologians sometimes call anthropological terms. Now, anthropological terms is just a big fancy way of saying uh, terms that relate to humanity, to people. Anthropos is the Greek word for a human or man, so anthropological terms just means we're talking about words that refer to how people are made up. There are several words that the Bible will use uh, along these lines, words like heart, mind, bowels, and sometimes these words work a little bit differently than the way we might think of them. Uh, so let's take the word heart, for example. When we think of the word heart, we think of something that is really where all of our emotions take place. Now, we realize that the physical organ of the heart is one that pumps blood throughout our body and actually has uh, really very little to do with our emotions. But when we talk about our emotions, we often talk about our heart because, uh, especially when it comes to, for example, love, if you fall in love with someone, right, your heart starts racing. And so we think of the heart as being where you feel your emotions. And the way we use the word heart will reflect this. So you might talk about loving someone with all of your heart or hating someone in the depths of your heart. Or you might say something like, my heart belongs to you. Or we might say that someone has a broken heart or that they have a hard heart. At least the way we use it in English today, love and hate, sorrow and grief, joy and sadness are all emotions that take place, at least in our minds, in the heart. Now, the New Testament will use the heart to talk about our emotions, but it will talk about more than just our hearts. See, according to the New Testament, uh, thinking and choosing also happens in our heart. So Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 6 talks about doing the will of God from the heart. Now that has more to do uh, than just having a good attitude. That has the idea of you're choosing to do God's will from your heart. Uh, Hebrews 3 uh, verse 15 warns against having an evil heart of unbelief. In other words, apparently in your heart you can choose whether you're going to believe or not. Uh, Romans 2.15 talks about the law of God written in their hearts. Now, it's obviously not talking about their emotions. It's talking about in their minds, in their conscience. And then Matthew 9.4, Christ asks those who uh, were questioning one of his miracles, Wherefore think ye evil in your hearts? 
And so the way the New Testament uses the word, it can refer to our emotions, but it can also refer to our thinking, and it can also refer to our will, our ability to choose. Now, when we come to this word here in Philemon, verse 7, we're coming across a word that actually functions very similarly to the way that we think of the word heart. The Greek word is kind of a fun word to say. It's splachna. And uh, splachna uh, referred to the insides of somebody. It refers to what we might think of as the guts, uh, the intestines, or uh, to use the word that the King James translators have chosen, the bowels. Now, this can actually be a literal reference to somebody's guts. Uh, Acts chapter 1 and verse 18 describes the death of Judas this way. It says, Now this man purchased a field with the reward of iniquity, and falling headlong, he burst asunder in the midst, and all his bowels gushed out. Okay, so um, hopefully you're not listening to this podcast over breakfast, but we get the idea, right? Uh, Judas uh, fell, and when he fell, his apparently his stomach burst and his insides came out. But Again, the way the New Testament uses this word, it often refers to compassion or mercy or deep-seated emotion. Uh, One of the things that Paul tells the Colossian believers to put on is, in chapter 3 and verse 12, bowels of mercy. In 1 John 3, 17, uh, John actually says that, Whoso hath this world's good and seeth his brother's brother have need and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? And it's interesting if you're using a Bible that italicizes where words have been added, the words of compassion have been added by the translators of the King James because they want you to understand that the reference to bowels there is a reference to the feeling and the pity and the emotion and the compassion. Uh, this word is actually related uh, to an Old Testament word. The word for compassion, which was also uh, related to uh, specifically the womb, but the idea there being the inside uh, deep part of a person. And you can see why ancient people would think this way. Uh, Just as we associate hearts uh, with love, because when somebody falls in love, their heart starts beating really fast. Uh, Think back to, for example, your first crush. And if you think back to your first crush, uh, odds are uh, when you first saw that very attractive man or woman or probably teenager, um, your heart skipped a beat, but you perhaps also felt a almost a, a nauseous feeling in the pit of your stomach. Um, when you think about uh, being deathly afraid, you can almost feel sick in the pit of your stomach. There, there's something about really intense emotions that you can almost feel physically in your gut. And so ancient people thought of the insides, the, the intestines, and even uh, the liver and the heart, the, what was inside of a person they thought of as being where the emotions took place. So we understand what, what Paul means when he says that um, Philemon has refreshed the bowels of the saints. He's talking uh, like we would talk about the heart. But what exactly does that mean? What does it mean that Philemon refreshed the bowels of the saints? Well, uh, Paul doesn't tell us necessarily uh, explicitly what it is that he has in mind. Um, Now, if we replace the word bowels with hearts, I think it will help make it a little bit clearer uh, what exactly is going on here. 
in this verse. So let me just go ahead and do that. On verse 7 it says, For we have great joy and consolation in thy love, because the hearts of the saints are refreshed by thee, brother. And again, that raises the question, so what exactly did Philemon do to refresh the hearts of the saints? And the answer is we aren't entirely sure. Um, The word refresh here is actually, according to one commentator, quote, uh, the verb here is in origin a military metaphor signifying the rest that an army takes while on the march. The Colossian Christians, weary in their daily battles for the Lord, find in Philemon the refreshment and rest needed to regain strength for renewed warfare, end of quote. I kind of like that. What this commentator is saying is that this is a word that you have this idea of these Christians who are, are deeply concerned about others, right? They're investing their hearts and their emotions and at times they're discouraged, they're, they're downcast, they're frustrated, they're exhausted. And Philemon did something to come alongside them and to encourage them and to refresh them and to get them ready to go back out there and to keep fighting for the Lord. It's possible that this is a reference to hospitality, that people are coming through and traveling. And we don't do this quite as much, but it would have been very common, and especially in the first century, for traveling Christians to have been put up in the home of Christians in the city through which they were traveling. Teachers would often travel from city to city, kind of like we would have evangelists. And when they would show up, other Christians would would put them up and they would take care of them. Paul would uh, stay at different people's homes when he would uh, travel. And it's possible that Philemon was somewhat wealthy and that he was able to put people up. Again, remember in verse 2, we read that there is a church in his house, which means probably that he was a homeowner and that his home was of a decent size so that there could be a a small gathering there, which by ancient standards was decently impressive. It's also possible that he was a businessman because we know that he was in the church at Colossae, as we've talked about in previous podcasts, and yet Paul never went to Colossae. So that means that Philemon had traveled And when he traveled, he probably had traveled to Ephesus, which is not too far from Colossae and where we know that Paul stayed for a good period of two to three years. So Philemon, it's possible, has a little bit of money and he could be putting people up. Uh, Some people think that uh, perhaps he was giving. On our last episode uh, in the Dive Deep series, we talked about the word fellowship or uh, communication, which is the Greek word koinonia. And it's possible that even there, Paul's hinting at the fact that Philemon had given generously to other Christians. Uh, this was somebody who uh, is, again, potentially putting people up and, and helping out, or, or maybe it's just spiritual encouragement. Perhaps uh, Philemon's just the kind of guy that you show up at the worship time, and he's walking around before and after and asking how you're doing, and he was just a refreshing guy to be around. Again, we don't know exactly uh, what it is that Philemon did, but perhaps that's a little bit better because it leaves it open for us and it leaves the challenge out there for us. And as we kind of come out of the weeds here a little bit and talking about anthropological terms and Greek words, and as we take a step back and ask, okay, what does all of this mean for us? You know, I think it's really important that we as Christians seek to be refreshing people. Um, that we seek when we come to church or when we uh, gather with other Christians, we seek to be a blessing to them. Philemon was the kind of guy who, for one reason or another, uh, was an encouragement to people. He gave them uh, a renewed sense of strength. He uh, enabled them to go out there and to better continue serving God. And I I think it's also interesting as we look at this term, uh, secondly and finally, that, that Paul uses this term again, and we mentioned this at the beginning very frequently in the book of Philemon. He uses it uh, again on three occasions. 
He uses it in verse 12. He says, speaking of Onesimus, whom I have sent again, thou therefore receive him, that is, mine own bowels. And again, if we just kind of replace that with the word heart, uh, we get a pretty clear understanding of what he's saying there. He's saying, I have sent you my own heart. And then in verse 20, he says, Yea, brother, let me have joy of thee in the Lord. Refresh my bowels in the Lord. Paul is saying, all right, Philemon, you've done this before for others. Encourage me uh, by accepting and receiving uh, this believer. And so I think Paul uses this term Uh, in this letter more than any other, even though it's so short, because again, and we've mentioned this before, Philemon is just such a personal letter. And as Paul is about to ask a dear friend of his to do something very, very hard, we've talked about this and we'll talk about it more by Roman standards, to accept back a runaway slave, probably one who had wronged him on the journey and stolen from him, that Paul says, uh, that Paul gets, he gets very personal here. And he uses these terms that perhaps to the English ear sound a little bit weird, but uh, in their original context would have communicated deep and close personal emotion. Um, Paul clearly thought a lot of Philemon. And even though we don't know all the reasons why, I think there's a lot that we can learn from his example. And again, I think we can take up the challenge and answer the question, am I going to be the kind of Christian that others, when they spend time around me, they find themselves encouraged and refreshed. For we have great joy and consolation in thy love, Paul writes, because the bowels of the saints are refreshed by thee, brother. This podcast has been a ministry of Colonial Hills Baptist Church, a church home for all people. If what you've heard has been an encouragement to you, please subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. If you'd like to connect with Colonial or find more resources, you can find us online at colonialindy.org. You can also check us out on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for joining us today, and we hope to see you next time on the Colonial Hills Podcast.